Welcome to the OT lifestyle movement. This is for the occupational therapy visionaries and the ones who see things differently. We're moving our profession forward through living and leading a truly holistic lifestyle. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the OT lifestyle movement. I'm Rhiannon Crisp, occupational therapist, personal trainer, and founder of otlifestylemovement.com. Today, we are talking all about creating a vision for the future and living out your OT dreams. And I'm super pumped for this episode. We are speaking with Sarah Reinberger. Sarah is a professional woman and a mama of two girls who helps other professional mums take extraordinary action to get organized focused and manage their mind so they can create personal and professional success and live their best life. She believes that all women have a zone of genius and living a full purposeful life is achieved one small step at a time. Sarah has a degree in psychology, masters in occupational therapy and is a coach, educator and women's health advocate. Welcome Sarah. Hi, so great to be here. I do have a tendency to sing my hellos, so hi. <laughs> I love it. I can feel the energy already. <laughs> so important. Uh, so good. Okay, alrighty. Before we get into all the fun stuff, I mean, not that this isn't fun, but I'd love to hit the rewind button and learn about your background and how you came to do the amazing work that you're doing today. Oh, I think like anything, um, Rhiannon, that everything that has happened in the past has built to now, right? And I, I love that. I love that ability to just be able to look back and go, interesting, the decisions I made back then when I thought they had no consequence actually has led me to here. Like, it's amazing. So um, I did a, a psych degree first thinking, I'm going to be a psychologist. It's going to be great. And then when I found out it would require, you know, eight years of uh, academia and not a lot of face-to-face -face client contact I kind of went that's not really what I want and I uh, I went traveling for three years um, so you know did the backpacking around the world kind of scenario and it was through meeting a pediatric physio that I thought oh, OT kind of sounds like me you know it's it's everything it's holistic it's mind it's wellness it's you know overcoming challenges and and I loved that I love always love setting a big challenge for myself and overcoming um, so I went did OT came back to Australia did OT became a generalist in a rural and remote setting and um, just through the course of my career over the last I don't know, 13, 14 years or so, uh, went into roles that involved leadership and training and developing others and helping others be their best self professionally. Um, and then, of course, had babies. Bang, doesn't life change, right? <laughs> Everything changed at that moment. Um, and it became all about, uh, I went through this big sort of personal growth experience around empowered birth and what that meant and learning to set boundaries for myself and learning to say no and and realizing that I had a lot of power within myself that until that moment I hadn't really exercised all that well so um, I became a little obsessed with helping other women become empowered in their birth and I thought this is where I'm meant to be this is where I'm going to be working and then a funny thing happened I stopped having babies. I've got two of them. And once that happened, 
I sort of went, oh, this doesn't feel quite right anymore. Why? And it took a, quite a few months of uh, just kind of stopping and reflecting and doing a lot of, a lot of work, I guess, to realise that actually what I loved about my work was, um, yes, the training and teaching and helping women become their best selves in that space. But what I also loved was experimenting on myself, trying things out um, and teaching women the stuff that I had learned the long way. So that's how I moved into uh, motherhood, really, and learning to juggle everything in motherhood with career, uh, with wellness, with partnerships, all of those sorts of things. And so that's where I am right now. And I just love it. Awesome. So are you working as an OT at the moment or are you just using your OT skills? Yeah, I'm definitely just using my OT skills. Um, so I don't work in a, a clinical style. I'm definitely a coach. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk about living life on purpose and why it is you are so passionate about living your life on purpose and living out your dreams because it sounds like you've gone through quite a journey to get to where you are right now and I think we all do let's be honest we all go on this journey we think we've found the holy grail we're like in this zone of genius as you call it and we love it and then circumstances change or we evolve and we grow and we often grow out of things so but along this time too, you know, I suppose you were at that time living your life on purpose and living out your dream at that time. So why is this something that you've always been so passionate about? Um, it's, it, it's fascinating, isn't it? I think everyone searches for purpose, you know, and even if, we, if it's not in our consciousness that that's what we're doing. I think underneath it all, um, like I've, I've, I come in contact with many, many women now who are great mums they're great in their career uh you know they're, they're doing fantastic things for their wellness but they're just not satisfied and there's an undercurrent and then they feel guilty about that because they actually have a very good life and they can say but i've got a great partner and a great job and i've got healthy children and what's not to love but there's an undercurrent of unsatisfied uh, and i think that is connected to we just get caught up in the daily grind um, we get caught up in the routines. We get caught up in just the autopilot nature of life sometimes. Uh, and there's no greater purpose behind what am I doing every day and why is that important? You know, what, when, I, when I come to the age of 80 and I'm looking back on my life, what will I have done that really mattered to me? You know, and I think that's where it comes from me. I've, I've always wanted to matter and not in a self-worth sense because everyone does. It just is. You know, that's not in question, but what can I leave behind that has an effect on what is most important to me? And, and for me, that's my children and also a little bit around my, my profession and around helping mums, you know, what am I going to leave behind? So I think everyone has an element of that and importantly, living into your purpose, it's really being connected with the feelings that you want to cultivate in your life, right? So I've just been on a coaching session with a client and we had this conversation about how, you know, some people might say, I want to make a million dollars in my lifetime. And I challenge that it's not making the million dollars that they actually want. What they want is the million dollars that might buy them the experiences or the freedom or the whatever it is in order to feel a certain way. And that's to me what purpose is. You know, what's my purpose for being here? How do I want to feel as I live my life? So 
I don't know. Is that a bit out there? But I love this conversation. <laughs> so do I. Absolutely. And I love that you spoke about looking back on your life. You know, when you're 80 years old and you look back on your life, have you lived a life that was on purpose and that was true to you? Did you follow your own inner compass or were you guided by what other people thought um, and other people's standards? I absolutely love that. And I think it really puts things in perspective when we think, okay, you know, when we're 80 and we look back, is it really a big deal if we do X, Y, Z? You know, what does it mean in the long run of life? I think it's just such a good perspective taking. Um, and it's a little exercise, I suppose everyone can use day to day when we're weighing up whether we should, you know, put ourselves out there and go on social media to promote what we're doing or whatever it is, you know, like we always have these roadblocks that come up. And if we think, oh, you know, if I was 80, you know, does it really matter? You know, no, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> and, you know, Rhiannon, I, I really do believe this, and I've heard this a few times, that people often say that it's not what you do that you regret, it's what you choose not to do, you know. And so we're often hampered by fears, fear of failure, fear of judgment, fear of being rejected, you know, whatever that fear is, and it stops us from living into our purpose. The other thing about purpose for me that was a big one, um, and it's a story I've told my clients as well many times, is, uh, you know, when I was, um, I wasn't living into my purpose as fully as I would have liked, uh, that I had a moment with my daughter, who was very little at the time and doing a puzzle and um, she was having some trouble getting a puzzle piece in. And I, I offered her some help and she sort of said to me, well, no, I'm going to ask daddy for help because, you know, daddy is the one that sort of fixes things and he's the problem solver and he can do big things. And I'm like, okay, so what, what can mummy do? Oh, mummy's good at cleaning stuff. And a little piece of my soul died that day, I can tell you, when I realised at that moment that I wanted the world for her. I wanted the universe. I wanted her to think that she could do and be anything that she ever wanted. But what she was seeing me do was not that. And so for me, that was one of those moments I just went, whoa, I need to change some stuff right now. Mm, bit of a wake up call. Yes, definitely. And I think for so many of us, we do need that wake up call or it, it takes us to a point where there's something external that goes, okay, and, and that's when we have that, um, we sort of reassess and we check in again. Mm. Because like you yeah. said, um, we can live in this groundhog day. We wake up and every day is the same. Um, but to, to make a change, like how do we make this change and how do we know whether we're not living on purpose or in, in line with our purpose? Yeah, and I mean, that's about vision, isn't it? You know, vision is, um, vision is about purpose. Vision is about having this idea of what my future self will be, who that person will be, what I might be doing in that space, what life is going to look like in the future. And that's about tapping into what really, what really drives me. You know, why do I get out of bed in the morning? And, um, and if I can really pinpoint that, then I can be intentional in my everyday activities towards that vision. Um, and, you know, that, that is purpose. So, you know, if I can identify how I want to feel, if I can identify the person I want to be and the values I want to live into, then I can set some goals along the way that's going to move me in that general direction. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Cool. Let's dive into this. So how, how do people practically write out their vision or how do they envisage where they see themselves in six months, one year, five years from now? So it can be really hard, right? <laughs> it's no, no illusions. It is. And, you know, I'm aware that we're talking to some really, um, you know, clever, analytical, scientific minds out there as OTs, right? Um, and particularly if you've then got that, you know, those elements of perhaps some fear of failure or fear of judgment and all of that, you'll find if you start to really think about what will my future self look like, you will get that very analytical, awesome thinking brain kind of getting in the way, saying things like, yeah, but how are you going to do that? Or, um, well, you haven't done that in the past, so that means that how can we possibly do that in the future, right? It can be really hard because vision is about your future self and, and we need to tap into almost that imagination or pretending side of us. And when we can reach this realisation that actually there's no future that is written, there's no future that is certain, and we can write the future that we want, then it's going to be easier to tap into, you know, what do I want to create for myself? What are my inner drivers? What gets me out of bed in the morning? What feelings do I want to cultivate? What might that look like in practice? And you've got to try some of these ideas out. Not all of them are right the first time. Or when I say right, I mean a good fit. Um, and so I think in terms of practical strategies, it's about, you know, getting really clear about what feelings do I want to cultivate in my life? You know, when do I feel excited and motivated for something? When do I feel exhilarated doing something? And you can probably start to see in your past a pattern of that, perhaps in your career or in your life. There's certain moments where you have felt that way and you can probably pull them out and say, what do these things have in common? Um, one thing that helped me in my career was I did a test called the Sparkotype test um, by the Good Life Project. And that really gets to your inner drivers. And once I realized that my inner drivers were around teaching and um, coaching, I did a bit of a reflection on all the jobs I'd ever had and realized that the points at which I was most energized, motivated and on my A game was when I was doing those two things when I was developing my team, when I was, um, you know, in front of people, you know, teaching something or delivering a message. So if you're not really sure what your inner drivers are, what gets you out of bed in the morning and, and what really lights you up, then the Sparkotype test can be a really great kind of starting point to tap into that and do some more reflections around that as well. Um, so probably that, that being the big one, identifying, you know, what drives you identifying the feelings you want to cultivate and then the most important one is just take action take imperfect action towards that space so when i realized i wanted to teach and coach um, i just started teaching and coaching i you know and i i wanted to do it in a you know business form i've done it in employment before but you know my other kind of vision and values are kind of lead me more to do my own business um, but I, you know, opened up a Facebook page and I started teaching. I started coaching people. I reached out to people and I offered them this experience. And I've learned a lot through that. You know, I, I had to go through the empowered birth kind of thing to teach and coach and realize that once I did that and I realized it reaffirmed that I'm in the right kind of space, it also opened up the next part of my vision to me that 
it wasn't about birth. It was about motherhood and the juggle. And so, yeah, I think the, the vision keeps unveiling itself as you get, uh, as you take more action, you get more clarity. Oh, absolutely. I think you just hit the nail on the head. And I love what you said about taking imperfect action. Because I feel so often we feel like we need to know everything before we do something. And then we get stuck, right? We get in this place of stuckness where we won't take any action because we'll never know enough or there's someone out there who knows way more than me. So why would I put myself out there and and do this? You know, what value do I have to offer? Um, and it comes back to that fear again, doesn't it? It's that staying stuck because of fear, because fear of judgment, fear what other people are going to think and say about me, fear that I won't succeed, that I'll, I'll put myself out there and then it'll be a flop. Uh, exactly. And we all go through it and it all keeps coming up over and over and over. And the only thing I can say to that is I've just gotten better at recognising when it's coming up and I can then talk to myself more than I listen to myself. (laughs) And that has really kind of been the way forward for me in that space. But you're so right. And I think as well, coming from a profession like ours, where before you do anything, people want to ask, well, what's the evidence for that? You know, are you taking the right course of action? And and so we can be very much trained in this space of, I need to be able to justify absolutely everything before I take a step. And that may be so in, you know, when you're dealing with some clients, but there isn't evidence, well, there isn't clinical evidence um, for everything. And sometimes we need to take a bit of a leap, leap of faith and particularly with our own vision and working out what we want. There's a huge element of this that is tied into our own intuition. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of not something that we're generally taught in mainstream upbringing. We don't teach our kids to tune into their intuition and what they need and what drives them. So sometimes it's a bit of a relearning experience. It was for me anyway. And so that's the experience I take my clients on as well, sort of uh, getting, you know, getting out of their thinking brain (laughs) and tapping more into their their gut, their intuition or what drives them. Mm. Okay. And so there might be listeners out there thinking, you know what, I'd I don't have this passion for what I'm currently doing. You know, OT is so broad. There are so many different niches that we can be working within. And I know certainly from a personal point of view, I've been in OT jobs where I, I, it hasn't lit my soul on fire. I haven't wanted to jump out of bed in the morning. But put me in the right OT environment and I am jumping out of bed before my alarm. I will stay up all night, you know, working on a dream. You know, there's something that just motivates me and I'm hungry to learn more and I love it. So what about the OTs who are listening in thinking, I feel like it's Groundhog Day, I'm not enjoying what I'm doing, but I don't really have a vision for the future. Do we, do we really need to know exactly where we're going? Like I know you said take that imperfect action. Can we take small steps in a different direction and kind of, can the vision kind of unfold as we go along? Yeah, totally. Totally. And I think this, again, is another mindset shift. And this is why, um, you know, I'm, I'm publicly out there saying part of my role is to help women manage their minds as well, because the only reason we don't get what we want in our life is because of what's going up on up here. And that is the only reason. Um, so, yeah, I, I think in terms of that, it's, it's shifting the conversation from, um, 
you know, perfect action to imperfect action, right? If, if it feels good, I feel like I'm going in the right direction, I'm going to try it out. If it's not the right direction, what am I learning from this experience? You know, if, if I reach the end of trying something new and I'm like, yeah, I'm not really feeling it, this isn't really where I'm at, what did I take out of that experience? Well, first of all, I learned that this is not the path that I should be taking, right? But did I learn something along the way? You know, um, in getting online and serving uh, mums in their empowered birth experience, I learned a whole heap of stuff, how to start a business online and, you know, landing pages and how to put funnels together. And, and all of that stuff has made my journey now serving mums online just so much quicker and I know what I'm doing and I can speak the language. So, you know, there's all of those things. I think if we look at one of the biggest problems that we have in how our society set up is that we very much see failure as a bad thing. Um, and I just want to encourage everyone to flip that on its head and see failure as the lesson that I needed to learn. Um, and thinking about it this way, that if I do work out what I want or I've got some ideas about the direction that I want to go, if I can learn so much more by failure, then I should be chasing failure and I should be chasing it hard and I should be wanting it fast because the faster I can fail, the faster I will get to where I want to be. So that's yeah. kind of how I'm striving to live. It's not always easy. <laughs> it's definitely not. There are some days when I'm like, oh, I just want this to work. But, you know, it's then about managing your own mind and coming back to this space of, you know what, what am I learning from this? Ah, oh, I love that. And I can totally resonate. Nothing always goes as you plan it. Um, something's better than what you plan it, but it is. It's failing forward. It's going, you know what, universe, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to try this and I'm going to put my heart and my soul into it. Um, and if it doesn't work, finding out what didn't work about it, because you know what, the next door is just around the corner. You, you have no idea what possibilities can open because of those steps that you did take. Um, so what about the OTs who are thinking, okay, I do have this vision. There's something big, there's something bold that I'm striving towards, but I have absolutely no time. My agenda is full. I'm working full time doing, you know, bringing in an income. Um, I, I've got kids, I've got a life. How can I do something else? And how can I pursue this vision that I want so badly with no time? Have a breath for a start, a really deep breath. And, and I, I, I want to encourage you to be generous in what I'm going to say next and generous as in giving me the benefit of the doubt here when I say there is no such thing as no time for vision. Um, no time for vision means I don't have time to be my best self. I don't have time to work towards that. Um, and so for me, not having time, that's a mindset problem. Um, you know, and it's quite simply a choice. Uh, and it, it's as hard and fast as that for me, that you've got this choice point where you can choose to be on autopilot and mediocre and not live intentional and not live towards your purpose, or you can choose to do that. And the thing is, once you choose to do that and you get really clear on your purpose and why it's important and having a really hard why is important um, because that's what keeps you moving forward even when times get tough. Um, but once you make that choice, you will quickly learn what's most important and you will find out that you are actually wasting a lot of time. You are doing a lot of things that are in service of other people, not yourself. 
Um, and I'm even talking about our families too. And this is a hard conversation I have with women all the time. Um, you know, women with kids where, you know, we're taking kids to 1600 million activities every week because we feel like we're a good parent if we do. Um, and that, that is simply not serving anybody doing those sorts of things. So, you know, working out our, you know, what are our bare essentials? What is most important to me? What is most important to our family vision? A family vision, that's a whole nother conversation uh, as well. And how we do that with partners, particularly if they're resistant. But um, <laughs> these are the conversations I have all the time. But you know, what is in service of this greater vision will always be for my best self, my highest self. And don't I want to show up in all areas of my life as my best self? So I actually owe it to myself to get to the bottom of why I think there's no time and work out if that's actually true, because I would suggest that it's actually not true. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I think as OTs, we have such a great concept of time, you know, and time blocking. If we look at um, how many hours we have in a day, we've got 24 hours and we take out eight hours for sleep and then we take out X amount of hours for eating and X amount of hours for connecting with family and friends. We can really start to look at time quantitatively, I suppose, and, and start looking at how much time do we actually have to play with and how can I be best using that time? So I love those exactly. points. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, look, and I, I think as well is that idea that, you know, pursuing your vision and not having time to do that, it, vision doesn't have to be all or nothing either. You know, you can be working, if, if part of my vision is to, um, you know, if my ultimate vision is to be on stage and teach a thousand women how to be their best selves, for example, um, I don't have to quit everything and just do that now. I can work out, well, what skills do I really need to cultivate in order to do that vision and, and make it come alive in order to feel exhilarated on stage and be doing those things. Well, one thing I need to be able to do is to be able to give an effective speech. So I might spend an hour a week learning how to do that on YouTube. And that might be the extent of working towards my vision for now, because that's the capacity and that's okay. Mm, absolutely agree it's those small steps because yeah. those small steps compound you can do something every day or once a week for a year or you could do nothing thinking that you have not even that small amount of time you know it's it's useless if you mm -hmm. just spend that amount of time doing something that might not account to anything but it's those small steps because it definitely does compound totally Okay, yeah. so how do we sustain our motivation towards our vision? Because I find, you know, even if we look at things like New Year's goals and resolutions that, you know, come January 14, we've, you know, we've already lost that motivation and we're like, ah, oh, nah, you know, I've had a, had a drink, I'm, uh, I've eaten some bad food, I've, I've, I've lost it, so I'm not going to continue. How do we sustain motivation to reach our goals? Look, the thing is, overall, it, you're not going to, not 24-7, seven days a week. Motivation, you know, feeling motivated is a feeling. Um, and feelings, the way I see feelings, uh, you know, life is made up of sort of 50-50, this balance of what we would call positive and negative or good and bad, if you want to, you know, put those labels on it. Um, and motivated is probably one of those more positive feelings that we all love to feel. But we also think that feelings just happen to us. 
So I have to wait around for the motivation to strike me. And sometimes it does. However, and this is where the managing your mind piece comes in as well, feelings are created by the thoughts that we think. And so with that logic in mind, motivation can be cultivated. Um, Yes, it's affected by a lot of things. If you've got a lot going on and you live a very stressful life and you're eating poorly and you're not exercising and you feel terrible, um, it's going to be more difficult to feel motivated. But you can still take charge of that by looking after yourself, as you well know, you know, in, in what you're doing, Rhiannon, and this, this movement towards, um, you know, looking at lifestyle, yes, for our clients, but also for ourselves. And are we going to be a good model, you know, role model in that space as well, right? So um, the first one is really grappling with the fact that you can cultivate motivation by looking after yourself and working out when you feel most motivated. So thinking about those times when you are motivated, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Who are you with? You know, all of those sorts of things and doing more of that stuff is really great for your motivation. Also affected by things like our cycle as well as women, we need to talk about this more, that, you know, we have natural phases in our cycle that naturally um, let us tap into things like, I feel more motivated to connect with people and I feel more motivated to be creative um, or I feel less motivated to do those things as well, like in the second half of our cycle. So really coming to, you know, a really good knowledge about what the impacts of our cycle are, you know, what's natural and how to take advantage of some of the amazing phases of our cycle as well. So being aware that motivation is affected by some of these things, but if we can tap into it, get conscious to it, we can actually cultivate greater motivation for things as well and design our life in a way that complements what's naturally going on in our body. The second one, as I have previously mentioned as well, is being connected to your why. So why is the vision important and what are the consequences for you if you aren't working towards it Um, and if there's, you know, if you're not working towards achieving it. So if your why is strong enough, you'll be able to overcome the dips in motivation to press forward when you need to. Uh, because in working towards a vision, you know, if it's a business or, you know, if it's a different vision, there'll be times when things are intense and need to get done and there are deadlines just like at work. And so whether you're motivated or not, you need to find a way to be able to do that. So for me, connecting to my why is deeply important because I have these points all the time where I could choose to just go, oh, you know what, this is just so much work, I'm not going to do it. Um, And life would be much simpler. But my why makes me realize if I do that, I'm not going to get where I want to be. I'm not going to live out my purpose, you know, and that's super important. And the last one that I love talking about, (laughs) because it's been such a life changer for me, is integrity. And integrity is being 100% responsible 100% of the time. And this means responsible for your own thoughts, your own feelings and your own actions, no matter what. And this includes motivation. So no blaming others, no blaming work or the kids, but also not blaming yourself, accepting that motivation does dip sometimes and really taking responsibility and looking for ways to stay in the game and keep moving forward. Um, Because, you know, sometimes integrity just you know, owning up and taking responsibility for I'm the only one that is going to achieve my vision. I'm the only one that can live into my purpose. Sometimes that's the only thing that gets you to take that step towards that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No one's going to do it for you. (laughs) 
Mm. Sadly, no. And <laughs> another thing that I think of is I think of, well, what's the alternative? What if I don't do this? What if I don't live on purpose? And what if I don't um, set these goals and have this higher vision for myself? What will life look like then? And then I think I go down that train and that train of thought and think, do I want, is that what I want? And I think, no. And then I'm like, okay, I'm committed again. I'm back in, back in the game. And sometimes, yeah, just having that alternative, seeing that contrast of what happens if I don't take that road? Um, What would life look like? Yeah, I agree. My hard why is wrapped up very much in knowing what the alternative is and not liking the look of that at all. (laughs) I think it can be a massive driver. I think it can be a massive driver for people. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. All righty, Sarah, do you know what? It's almost Mm. time to wrap it up. Um, Mm -hmm. I know we could talk forever and I absolutely love this conversation and I I love what you have to say. It totally aligns and resonates with me. Um, was there any, anything you just wanted to touch on quickly before we head to the rapid fire questions? Look, probably, uh, you know, just really lastly and quickly, the, some common things that get in the way of, you know, people being able to move towards their dreams. So not being able to imagine yourself in the future with a better life and better results. Um, you know, you, you just, you just need to have that belief in yourself that uh, you can achieve something if you want it enough. You know, the future is unwritten, so you might as well write your best one. The second one is the stories. The stories are super powerful and, you know, stories are the reason why we stay stuck. So I can't do this because, you know, I, I won't achieve this because of these reasons. You know, I'm worried about what people will think or say or, you know, whatever. And it's really important to rewrite those stories and really get present to when they pop up because they will always pop up in your life and they'll get in the way. The third one, I think, for, um, you know, certainly for the women I work with is the idea of permission is where we're brought up to ask permission for everything. Um, and that can get in the way of goals and dreams as well. You know, uh, I don't want to do this because, you know, I, it, it's going to cost me my family or my partner won't, um, you know, won't like the time away while I go and learn this or do that. Um, we have to give ourselves permission to pursue what's important. The how can be debated, but the vision really shouldn't be, right? Um, or you're never going to live this purposeful life. And, and we've also touched on getting it right. Don't be caught up in getting it right. Just take this imperfect action. Trust that if you live into the space of really feeling like this is a great thing and I feel good when I'm doing this, it's the right step and you will learn something from it. So mm-hmm. they're probably the last four things. Yeah. So what I'm getting from you is that you're the only one who can make it happen. And a lot of it sounds wrapped around mindset. Really, we have these blocks for ourselves and it all comes back to mindset. If we can change our belief system, then we can change our trajectory of our life ultimately. Absolutely. It changes your relationships. It changes your relationship with yourself. It changes what you believe is possible. You know, at at one stage I was thinking, oh, business would be great. Maybe I'll start with, you know, clinical and seeing a couple of clients. I'm not meant to be a clinical OT right? And it was only after I started seeing a few clients and realizing this isn't really for me and then getting connected with people who were doing other things more in the space I was interested in that I realized that I was limiting myself. I was limiting myself because I knew I could do clinical work, but that's not a good enough reason. 
just because I can do it doesn't mean that I should. Mm. So yeah, you're so right. It's all mindset. Mm. All of it. Profound. Do you know what? I think the penny's going to drop with a few OTs just now who are going, oh my gosh, you're so right. Um, so. It's just not for everyone, um, but there is something for everyone. You've just got to find your thing. You've just got to find what works for you and where you're headed. Exactly. And there's space for everybody. Yeah. So yeah. true. Love it. Okay. Rapid fire questions. Let's go. Ready. Number one, in one sentence, how do you describe OT? Uh, OTs are the experts in helping others become experts in themselves. Oh, I love it. Number two, what is one healthy lifestyle habit listeners can implement today? I want you to ask yourself, how am I feeling now? So it's the first step in managing your mind, practicing integrity, stopping the people pleasing or the perfectionism. And it's really important to being able to find your purpose and live your vision. Mm, I thought it would be something around mindset. That's awesome. Great. Number three, if you could only offer one piece of advice to OTs listening in right now, what would it be? Definitely live into your vision and others will be inspired to live into theirs. Mm. Whether that's partners, kids, clients, whoever, you will inspire other people to live into theirs. Mm. Isn't it so simple yet so profound? It really is. It really is. All righty, Sarah, how does everyone find you? How do we learn more about the awesome work and content that you're putting out there? How can we connect with you? Yeah, sure. Well, my business is called Empowered Space and I am on Facebook, of course. So um, Empowered Space. I run a Facebook group called Unstoppable Mums as well, where we explore all of this mindset stuff um, and also empoweredspace.com.au. Awesome. Well, we'll see you over there. Thank you so much, Sarah. Awesome. See you later. Bye. That's it, guys. I hope this episode resonated with you. But more importantly, I hope that it inspires you to take action. If you haven't already, come over and join our Facebook group family where we connect and collaborate. You can find us really easy just by searching the OT Lifestyle Movement in Facebook. If you did love this episode, I'd be super grateful if you shared it. You can take a screenshot right now and share it on Instagram or on Facebook so we can connect with more amazing, like-minded, open-minded OTs. The more we share the OT lifestyle movement, the more we can create a ripple effect. And if you do love the podcast, please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review so we can be found more easily. That's it. Go out, create the epic change that you seek in the world because the world is ready for you. Carpe diem, guys.